Hello and welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we're talking about Anti by Rihanna, released in 2016 under Westbury Road in Rock Nation. And my guest is Andrita. Hello, Kiara. Andrita, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks for having me back on and back to talk about such a great record and a fantastic drink to accompany it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. It's a Monday night. You and I are just here. You're joining us via Zoom safely in this uh in this COVID madness. And yeah, we both got a we both got a cocktail in our hand and I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty stoked about this right now. I am thrilled as well. I, I feel like we have so much to talk to about this record, how empowering it is. I feel like it is like a female empowerment anthem, like left, right, and center. And let's channel our, you know, don't give a F vibe, like <laughs> Rihanna style, you know? I love it. The I, attitude that she channel has. The attitude, 100%. Yep. And it's so funny because, so the last time you were on the podcast, you came and you talked about uh, Coldplay, Parachutes amazing record, wonderful record. So this is kind of like a fun departure too, because like two completely different records from two completely different artists who've also collaborated in the past though, Princess of China. Exactly. There, there is some overlap between yes. Coldplay and Rihanna. So look at that. I We're love able it. to, yeah, find the, the mutuality of it all. The common ground. <laughs> common and it's ground. so funny too, because like you and I, w- with COVID, obviously we haven't been able to see each other as often as we would like, but um, it was just like a random FaceTime call you and I had one night and we were chatting and obviously the podcast came up and we were talking about when to get you back on. And I don't even know how or why we started talking about anti but then when it clicked it was just kind of like oh this is what we're doing this is it. <laughs> yeah there's no other discussion no other records that could really live up to this one until we did anti so yes I'm glad we chose it <laughs> me too girl me too and thank you for coming back to the podcast it's a pleasure to have you back on thank you always so happy to be back on yay amazing okay well what do you say Andrita before we get into the record let's give the listeners a little bit of background on who Rihanna is and why we love her so much perfect let's do it Rihanna, a.k.a. Robin Rihanna Fenty, is a multi-million dollar recording artist, fashion director, actress, and overall mogul born and raised in Barbados. Her first musical experience came in the form of a mini girl group she formed with a couple of her classmates at the age of 15, where she caught the eye of an American record producer who offered to fly her and her mother out to the U.S. to record a demo, which included her soon-to-be hit, Ponder Replay, for which uh, the video was shot in Toronto. Oh, I, don't know if you that. I didn't know that. That was the song of the summer. That was the song of the summer. 2005, was it? Oh my gosh. It was like 2000. I want it probably around that time, 2003, 2005. It's like, Five. yeah. It, on repeat. You could not escape Pondery play that summer. It was everywhere. <laughs> also though, I remember um, when she got her VMA like icon or the one that Drake, work. the Vanguard. Yes, or the Vanguard, video Vanguard. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. Drake presented her with it and he was at that shoot for Ponder Replay. So they met when oh, she was 15. 15. Oh my God. That is a long time that they've known each other. I know. I know. I still root for them. I think he'd die for her, honestly. I think so too. And they have their other music video. Um, They shot it at the Real Jerk, I believe it was called in Toronto, the restaurant for work. The music videos in Toronto. Seems to be a theme for those two. Uh, Director yeah. X 
all the videos exactly. by director X on much music. <laughs> I remember them well. I remember them very well. <laughs> Huge hit. Pond replay. I agree. Total song of the summer. That very demo was eventually shipped out to Def Jam Recordings and it connected her to the legendary producer L.A. Reid and, of course, hip-hop legend Jay-Z, who are so impressed with her audition that they essentially signed her to Def Jam on the spot and Rihanna made the permanent move to the United States to pursue her solo career. Her debut album was called Music of the Sun and it was a huge hit, selling 2 million copies worldwide and skyrocketing her to prime pop R&B status. As Rihanna's fame grew, she evolved as an artist, experimenting with pop, dubstep, and rock, and collaborating with artists like Timbaland, Neo, and Jay-Z, and racking up Grammy nominations, as well as winning her first for the massive single. Can you guess which one it was, Andrita? Umbrella. Yeah. Umbrella. <laughs> the, probably, like, the most. Like, I think if I was, like, you know, interviewed 10 people in the street and I was, like, name a Rihanna strong, nine of them would say Umbrella. Umbrella. Like, literally iconic. The one iconic. that you always... Just, I forget about Ponda Replay because Umbrella is that big. Is that yes. crazy? Maybe. No, but I totally agree with you. That was an amazing... Like, the music video as well. The, like, yes. choreographed dance to... She like, was, like, painted gold at one point. Stunner. Yes. Stunning. Like, stunning. literally... That changed the pop culture dialogue, I would it say. It did. She brought back the bob. She did. That shark yeah. bob. Oh, yes. my God. That was her time. That's it what was her time. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bob. bob. Yeah. yeah. And makeup, like, always so, so, so on point. Like, her image was... Snatched. Oh, snatched. Completely. <laughs> Best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. Completely snatched. <laughs> so today, the album we're talking about, Auntie, is Rihanna's eighth studio album. Her eighth her last, this was her last big album, was released in 20, 2016, and it showcased her departure from her previous style into dancehall and R&B with elements of blues and soul. At this time, Rihanna also left Def Jam to sign fully with Jay-Z over at Rock Nation, and at the same time, she acquired the masters to her recordings, allowing her to release Anti jointly with Rock Nation under her own label, which is Westbury Road, which What's I was that? like, impressive because own label? she I has her know. own label. Wow. She's a businesswoman to the max. hundred <laughs> percent. And it's a big deal because like, do you remember a little while ago when there was that whole thing with Taylor Swift acquiring the rights to her own music? It's yes. so uncommon for artists to own the masters to their recordings. Wow. I didn't know that. So uncommon. And, and when they do, like, for example, like Paul Simon just sold the rights to all of his music to um, Sony, I believe. Oh, he did? A hefty, hefty price tag. I think it was like $300 million. Like the value of of you know their work their songs it is like it makes sense why artists so rarely own the rights to their own music and, yeah. and their ability to profit from it but I, it, I'm happy to see female artists like Taylor Swift Rihanna you know have that power and control over their their work rightfully so I totally agree. I 100% agree. It's, it's a very impressive feat. So I definitely want to make sure that I uh, mentioned it. Um, now, this album is huge, Andrita. It carried four singles, Work featuring Drake, Kiss It Better, Needed Me, and Love on the Brain, which I'm so excited to talk about. Spoiler Same. alert. That's probably my favorite song on the record. <laughs> Same. And Rolling Stone included the album on its 500 best albums of all time list. It sold 11 million copies around the world, which made it the best performing album by a black female artist of the 2010s. Wow. But do you know what that means? And I had to fact check myself because I I saw that and I was like, I can't, I don't know if that's right, but that means that it beat out Lemonade. What? What? Which is like, which I did not expect because Lemonade was huge, but in terms of, I guess, commercial performance, maybe not necessarily actual units sold, but commercial performance, it was the, the best performing album by a female black artist in, of the 2010s. 
Wow. That is very, very impressive. I know. Wow. It's lemonade. It's like, it's lemonade. lemonade. (laughs) It is a literally iconic piece of work, but amazing on Rihanna. She is shattering records left, right, and everywhere she goes. And can we just talk about the anticipation that she has over her ninth album? Like, I feel like I've been waiting honestly for five years. And like, my favorite thing is when she teased, like, kind of like teases fans on Twitter. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, she like snap, like not snaps or I, I wouldn't call it that way, but she's always like trolling them, like oh, yeah. <laughs> about when when it's coming out because clearly she's working on it. Yeah, people are so impatient because obviously we all love her. And we adore Hello, her. yeah, it's been five years. Yeah, it's been five years, but it's so hilarious when she's always like, "It's coming, people, just wait." She's honestly a troll, and I live she for her. Is, <laughs> for it. She has good humor. You could tell. <laughs> she totally does. She totally does. And on top of all of that, Andrita Rihanna has gone on to spearhead incredibly successful business ventures from her makeup company, Fenty Beauty, to her Savage Fenty lingerie line. And in addition to all that, she became an ambassador of education, tourism, and investment by the government of Barbados. Amazing. Hometown hero. Well done. Hometown hero. The most well-rounded woman I think to ever exist to this earth. <laughs> I am obsessed with her. Like the more that I research this album and the more I listen to it, and of all of that, I was just like, man, I love Rihanna. Like I just, I, I worship the church of Rihanna. Absolutely. Okay. And I literally, I went to her concert and it was a religious experience. You went to her concert when? I did. It was the summer of, I want to say 2015. She was touring and I didn't go to Toronto. I was in Kingston that summer. So I drove all the way to Ottawa. Oh to my see her God. At the Canadian Tire Center one of the best concerts um when we found love in a hopeless place came on like the whole like arena is jumping up and down like the best like you felt like you were in a club but you also felt like you're so close to rihanna like a religious experience is the way i'd best describe it i love it yeah i literally when you were telling that story i was like wait, did Rihanna come to Kingston? And I did not know about it when we were living there. I was like, I find that highly unlikely. Like, was she at the mansion in Kingston? Can you imagine? Oh my God. She would shut that place down. She would. Uh, She 100% would. Oh, I'm so jealous you got to see her. She's an amazing, an amazing artist. And this record is a feat in itself. So I'm excited to talk about it today. Me too. But before we do that, We've got some amazing drinks accompanying us today, Andrita. We do. So uh, this is a whiskey sour that we're drinking. And the reason why we're drinking a whiskey sour, yes, Andrita's modeling it. Thank you, Andrita. It's lovely. (laughs) The reason we're drinking whiskey sours tonight is uh, in the song Higher, which is another one of my favorites off the record. She says, this whiskey got me feeling pretty. And I'm not going to lie. Whiskey makes me feel pretty too. So I'm like, (laughs) may as well bust out the whiskey sour, which is a refreshing um, super crisp drink. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. I'd ha- easy to make as well. Easy to make. I was literally just going to say that the easiest to make easiest and it's make. so worthwhile. You're like, wow, I can make whiskey taste good. I'm sorry. I don't like it on its own. I feel guilty saying that. Oh my gosh. The whiskey and bourbon game, but I'm not quite there yet. So adding a bunch of simple syrup and lemon juice <laughs> does the trick. <laughs> You're like, and now I can't taste it at all. Exactly. <laughs> well, like you said, Andrita, a little bit of uh, lemon juice and a little bit of simple syrup goes a long way. And that's really all you need in addition to your whiskey. So if you want to make one of these at home for yourself, you need a double shot of bourbon whiskey combined with a three quarter shot of lemon juice and a three quarter shot of simple syrup. Combine all that in a shaker with ice. And then you can garnish with maraschino cherry. You can garnish with an orange wheel or a lime wedge or just whatever you have lying around the house. Exactly. And you have a fancy cocktail. 
got a fancy cocktail in your hand. Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Does not get better than that on a Monday night. So cheers to you, Andrea. Thank you for coming back on the pod. Cheers to you, Kiara. Thanks Pleasure for having me. Pleasure to have me. you. <laughs> Okay. So Indrita, you've already mentioned that you've seen Rihanna in concert. So I'm going to assume you're a fan, but how did you start listening to Rihanna? Like what's your, what are your earliest memories of discovering her? And then how does that play into your relationship with auntie? So, um, like we discussed a little earlier, um, that summer when Ponda replay came on and, you know, I, I think was the song of the summer and we all learned who Rihanna was. That's when she was first on my radar. And like everybody else, I loved the song and at first I thought it would be a one hit wonder, but you, you know what little, like I was proved very, very wrong because 100%. soon after Rihanna, you know, comes out with umbrella and that's a huge part of our pop culture landscape with um, a music video, which is so gorgeous. And she's kicking up the water and doing the dance with the umbrella, which famously um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Oh my God. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to bring it up. Yes. Yes. Is that not the ma- most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life? It was the best thing. Like I literally remember watching Tom Holland lip sync to umbrella. And I was like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like on the floor. I happened? didn't know he was a dancer. That's when I Me first heard. Oh my God. <laughs> like it was next level impressive. So I have those two memories very intertwined. <laughs> I think Tom Holland is responsible for the resurgence of Umbrella whenever that was a couple of years ago when it came out. I think so. On that show, the like lip sync battle. Lip sync battle. Called? It was yeah, against yeah, yeah, Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yes, yes, yes. And she was like dead. She was fully on the floor. Was, like, I can't, I can't She was literally this. deceased from deceased. like the- <laughs> how amazing it was. Oh my God. So I think that brought umbrella back in the spotlight agreed Um, and ever since then she is just like an icon on the pop culture scene I honestly she has so many songs they come on they take you back to a a point in time and they always want to make you dance that's I think the number one key thing about a Rihanna song and she's grown so much as an artist um you know she had the whole pop star like bit and and like great dance music and I know she's had some a couple of remixes with Calvin Harris and you know all the big DJs and yeah so so great like she has really turned out some hits and then we see her like the Rihanna that we currently know I think most reflected in Auntie which is an incredible empowered woman who knows how capable she is um, of anything she puts her mind to and it becomes a critical success whether it's her makeup line you know Rihanna doesn't do anything I feel like half-assed to say the truth whether it's her album her lingerie line um, her clothing line everything she does is like to a standard of excellence which I don't think other people or pop stars or you know singers or any sort of stars can achieve um her fashion shows her lingerie fashion shows are amazing like they were streamed on amazon and they had like incredible you know big celebrities um appear in her lingerie fashion shows like demi moore i'm a huge fan of her so seeing her (laughs) there i was like wow rihanna can get anyone to model for her incredible um so she's just honestly like the human form of excellence. Like I I know I'm singing her mighty high praises, but I think it's very, very well deserved. And it just makes me so look forward to her ninth album. Like I'm really, really hoping it comes out soon. We need something to get us through the last bit. Oh my God. Seriously. Rihanna's album is going to save 2021 for me. I think so. (laughs) Dua Lipa's album saved 2020 for me. So I just need one more like 
you know, dance pop record to get me through 2021. <laughs> Dua Lipa just in general, I think saved us from a very dark time, like future nostalgia. Absolutely. Great record. Great dance record. Just great, great pop effort overall. overall. But then the outfits that she came <gasps> with and the Instagrams, I was like, this girl's killing the game. I was not ready for that. The Versace. No, no one was. Yeah. No one was. <laughs> no one was ready for Dua Lipa this year. I was not ready. Like her at the Grammys, I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know Victoria's Secret models could, <laughs> you know, perform and sing. Who knew and they dance. could sing? Who knew? Oh no, my gosh. She's incredible. I'm waiting for the clubs to open up because I need to dance to that album. <laughs> Let it be known, Andrea's waiting for the clubs. She's ready. Just, she's just, just for dance. Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh so good we got some pretty amazing female pop stars out there mm. right now it's a, it's like a different you know that's what I like about the the time that we're living in right now is that I think the female pop icon looks different than it ever has before like if you go back to let's say late 90s or early 2000s and you think about the Mariah's to the Britney's to the Christina's Jessica Simpson's whatever like there was a very clear image and there was a box I think that they were all put in they weren't treated very well also to be honest especially Britney horribly oh my Poor Britney. all of them I've also read the Jessica Simpson autobiography. Oh, I heard it was good. So good. But the pressures for these, you know, pop stars that are coming yeah. up in this age to look thin, to be on the road and put out as many shows, like exhausting. Yeah. And they're demanded so much and disrespected to another extreme. Like the way they talked about these women and their bodies in a way that like it does not fly. And it's awful to see in interviews the way they were treated. So I'm so happy this new crop of pop stars, they're a really well-informed, like a lot of these stars have platforms, they're aware of it. And socially and politically, they make it well-known. And I always feel like they're on the right side of history. I'm so happy that they're empowered to speak out about what's right and what's wrong. So I'm so relieved that this new pop star is not the boxes that you know record labels are trying to sell and package them in yeah they're outspoken women who make great music and and that's what it should be that's what it should be exactly so I think we've made strides (laughs) I agree I totally agree I and Rihanna is obviously one of those women but I definitely wouldn't have anticipated you know if you had asked me back in whatever 2005 let's say if we're talking about the Ponda replay heyday for Rihanna like to your point, I wouldn't have expected her to have still been around. She had a catchy song. She was a beautiful mm-hmm. girl. Um, mm-hmm. I remember very vividly, I have, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but my addiction to much music was very real <laughs> as a child. Um, and one of my favorite things to watch was their live at much specials where like the artists would come on queen and they would do like half interviews, half performances, whatever amazing some of my favorite bands all american rejects my chemical romance was there but there was also one and i don't to be honest no shade to much music if you're listening but like don't know how they pulled this off they had kanye west rihanna and i don't know if you remember tiara marie i don't okay no i don't think anyone does poor tiara marie but (laughs) i remember distinctly (laughs) i remember distinctly like you could watch like ponder replay kanye's videos like tiara marie they would be on like much vibe and stuff like that like their r&b pop so they had the three of them and i was like in what world would Kanye have ever agreed to do something with two other people, first of all? <laughs> but then also they just, you know, they showed up at Much Music, which is a fairly small headquarters in Toronto, like out on the street, street. on Queen Street. 
basically with the VJs, like with, with like <laughs> Matt Babel and stuff. And uh, I remember watching it and watching Rihanna perform and everything. And I was like, wow, she's really talented. She's really good. Like catchy song, catchy beat, whatever. Always saw her as the pop princess type, but I loved her hits. I loved her videos. You already spoke about the iconic nature of something like Umbrella. And then like fast forward, you know, to the the new age of Rihanna, like bitch better have my money and like needed oh me just like thug Rihanna, which I like live for. <laughs> so good. Literally an anthem, bitch better have yes. money. Yes. If that doesn't come on and you're not up and dancing and like, you know, like, you know, going along with yeah. it. Like she hasn't done her job because she can get anyone to to do that and jam and rock out to it. It's the best song. I think that's probably one of my favorite Rihanna songs. It is. It a hundred percent is. It was a huge, huge hit. And it was great to see her reach that like I, I don't know. I don't want to say she's peaked because I think Rihanna has proven time and time again that you can maybe reach what people perceive to be as your peak and you can build upon it and still continue to grow. So I don't want to say she's peaked, but like the evolution of Rihanna has been so amazing to watch. And for me, like, I don't want to, I obviously I don't want to talk about this, but I think we have to also like acknowledge what had happened to her in her relationship with Chris Brown, because mm-hmm. I remember like when the, when the photos came out from TMZ and those dropped And like, you see just like a very visibly injured Rihanna. And then it was revealed that she was physically abused by Chris Brown. And I think he maybe got like some, he was charged, but he didn't really serve any like hard time. There was no real like consequence to what he did. And for Rihanna, I feel like that experience kind of like dragged her through the mud a little bit as it, as unfortunately it kind of happens with, you know, women who are victims of sexual assault or physical assault or any kind of violence against them, because there's, they have to go through the trials and tribulations of going through that process and having to tell their story over and over again and having to prove what happened to them, which is just so heartbreaking. And like, I'll always remember watching her being interviewed by Diane Sawyer and being very like composed and graceful and just like, this is what happened, like telling the story and, you know, feeling, I think, brave enough to speak out about it. And I do hope that that inspired other women to, um, to maybe speak out and speak up. Um, and I don't want to say that that was, you know, there was a very clear difference in the music she was making before that happened to her and the music after, like after that happened, that was her rated R album, Mm -hmm. which came out and was a very dark, more like forlorn version of the Rihanna we knew before. It wasn't all colorful and Barbados in the sun, in the sand, in the surf. Like it was very dark. It had, you know, Russian roulette and Te Amo and like all these like songs that were very like moody, beautiful songs, but a little bit more vulnerable, but strong at the same time. It was a defining point. I'm going to rephrase that. It was not a defining point of her career, but it was an event that can, we can acknowledge happened mm-hmm. to her mm-hmm. and I think changed changed her I'm sure for certain but I also hope inspired other women at the same time to be strong I th- absolutely and and like you said those images I think are gonna last in our collective mindset for a very very long time because they were shocking and uh, you know like horrific what what she went through and, and you know someone who you think like, you know, you always associate, she has so much power and, but no, it it goes to show you how awful domestic abuse can happen to the most successful pop star in the world, um, to, you know, your neighbor, your friend, It, it affects so many lives. And I think, like you said, with that Diane Sawyer interview, she brought so much, um, attention to, uh, this awful pervasive thing that, really needs to 
be eradicated from our society, but unfortunately still occurs to this very day. And I, I think it's not something that, you know, we should ever associate with her, but it is part of her history. And you're right, it has changed her as an artist, her as a performer, her as a um, songwriter. Um, it's changed her in every possible way. And I think what we see as a woman from her uh, emerging out of out of that awful experience is somebody who I think, like for me right now, she is the most empowering, confident woman that you ever, ever see images of. She's on a yacht. She has a drink in hand. She has a joint in hand. Yeah. She works hard and she knows how to relax and enjoy life. And I feel like getting to that point doesn't come, you know, like she went through a lot. Um, and obviously besides that, as a woman in the industry, like she's overcome quite a bit. And so yeah. when we see her and her successes now, like you're right, we have to acknowledge the whole story her whole life um things don't happen in a vacuum um it did change her it changed her music and she's incredible she moved forward from that she released some really edgier stuff she seems more in tuned or trying to process obviously what happened to her like you said she spoke out about uh, against you know about something that is so deeply personal um and she found a way to go forward and heal through her music and maybe heal other people along the way. And, and for that, she's just a truly incredible. And um, yeah, I, I want to leave it at that because I, I always feel so, it, it's such like a heavy topic. Absolutely. And um, going forward, she's able to channel that into music and, and yes. we're better for it. <laughs> Agreed. And this album, I think, is a perfect you know, representation of the woman that she is today. This mm-hmm. very is a very liberating album in that sense it too, is. because she's open about, you know, her own independence, but also she's, you know, she's vulnerable. She's still able to speak about things like the heartbreak she's experienced. Mm-hmm. She's able to be a little bit silly and kind of like condescending to herself on some of the songs too. But yeah. then there's also like the very confident style that that she also exudes um you know speaking very openly too about like her own sexuality like she's taking mm-hmm. charge of her life in this Absolutely. album and so this this album auntie is kind of like an anti everything that she was before yeah. and I absolutely love that and I think it's I don't know. I think it's so inspiring. So I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into the songs, I feel like too, I have to address because this is a a cocktail podcast or cocktail music podcast. We have to acknowledge something that actually gave me a lot of inspiration for the podcast, (laughs) which is Seth Meyers, um, who hosts Late Night with (laughs) Seth Meyers, uh, has a series on his show where he does day drinking with Seth Meyers, with him and a celebrity. And Rihanna is on one of my favorite episodes (laughs) Ever. And I had to bring that up because A, obviously it influenced uh, the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music <laughs> podcast, but B, because Seth Myers is a big part of our lives yes. <laughs> growing up being Saturday Night Live fans to late night fans, just yes. overall. Andrita and I, funny story, Andrita and I actually, we did we see Seth Myers from a distance? I think we did. I think we did. We, we did a studio tour of like the Saturday Night Live and they were practicing, they were rehearsing that day for- yes. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. It was like honestly one of our most life-changing moments. We Ed Helms was hosting that weekend. We saw Ed Helms. Oh we God. saw, I think, Andy Samberg, Andy Samberg. Bill Hader. I yes. want to say Bobby Moynihan. Yes. 
And we like pushed several children out of the way to make oh, sure. Oh yeah. We, <laughs> we were like also SNL's biggest fans at that time. Like, oh my God. Um, we would literally recite uh, Gilly. 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 <laughs> and um, do you remember Cecil, the like little like dancing guy? Oh, like, yes. <laughs> That was like, that's like an SNL deep cut. I don't think a lot of people remember, but like, oh my God, so good. (laughs) And the what up, what up with that? (laughs) (laughs) And Tina, Tina Janus. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Jenny Slate. Oh, I love her. She's so good. That cast was really good. I know it was like a great time in SNL history, but um, we're huge fans of Seth Meyers. Like, and if anyone hasn't seen Day Drinking with Rihanna, oh my God, you will fall even more in love with her because it's she's so charming as a person. And her alcohol tolerance is oh my god, <laughs> The way that she, okay, the way that she does a tequila shot, I don't know if you noticed, but so she's got like her big long talons, like her fake nails. And that's how she picks up the salt <laughs> to like put on her hand is through one of her nails. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire that life. That is the most badass thing I've ever seen. That is very, Seriously. Oh my God. Live. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it to anybody. Must watch. (laughs) Must watch. And this album is a must listen. So without further ado, I think we got to dive into some of the details of this record, Andrita. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask you first, uh, what's a a song that really stands out to you? Where do you want to start the conversation today? Um, I mean, I think in keeping with the whiskey theme, higher. Oh, yes. Oh my God. And when you said that's also one of your top, like favorite songs, um, I was like, yes, Kiara, we're so on the same page. Cheers to this whiskey. (laughs) God is feeling pretty. The rawness of her voice in Higher. It's that sort of like raspy. And and it's so short too. I think that's the beauty of the song. Like how, like it is very, very short. It was written in 20 minutes with uh, Bibi uh, Borelli. I'm pretty sure a disco pop artist from Berlin who wrote the song for Rihanna and who also co-wrote Bitch Better Have My uh, Money. Um, (gasps) So just wrote in 20 minutes and Rihanna goes out and nails the song with nails that, it with that voice of hers and with some iconic lyrics like the whiskey line I always yeah. sing along to and I absolutely love that song. I feel so vulnerable and open. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. What do you and you think? know what I think it is? I because I do remember seeing or I do remember reading that um she wrote it so quickly and they recorded it at like four in the morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Rihanna was drunk when they recorded <laughs> it. She was drinking whiskey. And I guess she was like, Well, guess I'm going in the booth to do this. But I think that's what gave the song like that element of um it, like just how genuine and like mm-hmm. she didn't really care how she sounded and like mm-hmm. the raspiness and the way like her voice kind of cracks also mm-hmm. makes it that more that much more endearing. Absolutely. As a listener, I 100% agree. I think it's a total jam. Um, And you're totally right. The lyrics are like so fun because she's just kind of like just this girl drunk as a skunk, like (laughs) talking about how much she loves somebody. Like that's literally, it's it's like the version of a drunk text that you would send. Drunken voicemail. Drunken voicemail. But you're singing it to them and you're telling them you light my fire. Yeah. (laughs) Iconic one. Oh my God. It's so good. And yeah, I feel like if Rihanna ever leaves a, a more drunken voicemail, that's what it sounds like. And it sounds like a song. I know. <laughs> a great seriously. Song. It's a sillier kind of song yeah. on the record, but it's Absolutely. sung with such passion too, that it's like, yeah. you, it just makes you want to sing along. You're like, I can just picture Rihanna's in like, she's wearing some like gorgeous, like savage Fenty lingerie. And she's just got like her beautiful rocks glass full of whiskey. And uh, she's just like dialing up ASAP Rocky and she's like ring 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 that relationship also I am here for 
I'm here for it. Oh my God. I think it's they make a really good couple. Yeah. Yeah. A great couple. Like I, I'm, I know she had this billionaire boyfriend. I'm sure that comes with perks, but he's yeah. except Rocky. Like he is. Yeah. Fashionable. And like, she's got her own money. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She doesn't need the billionaire. No. <laughs> she's probably there already. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Great song. I, I love this one too, Andrita. I totally agree with you. Thank you for bringing it up first. Cause if you weren't going to bring it up, then I was going to bring it up. <laughs> um, I have to go to love on the brain. Oh, good. That's literally, I have these two on the same page because I was I don't know why they go well, so well they together. They go so well together. And they're right yeah. after each other. It's like on the record, yeah. you listen to Love on the Brain and then it's yeah. higher. higher. And exactly. You're right. They complement each other very well. To be honest, it's like we could stop the episode right here after Love on the Brain. Because so this song is like the defining moment of the record, the shining moment of the record for me. Very bluesy, very soul wrenching, kind of like an Amy Winehouse type vibe to it um especially in like the tone and how like she hits the very deep notes but then can hit Mm -hmm. also the high notes like it's very reminiscent of an amy track for me when it gets into that chorus it's just like kind of grimy and grounded and jazzy and if you've seen her perform it live which like again i haven't seen rihanna live but when she did get the video vanguard award and she did a medley of diamonds stay and love on the brain and you're just watching her perform and she gets so into it and she's just so like completely engaged in the audience and engaged in what she's singing. And she like believes it in such a way. And for such a heartbreaking song too, like she also gives off that classic Rihanna attitude. Like there's always that element of like, but I'm still that bitch, even though I'm sad. (laughs) And it's always in her songs. The other thing that I like about this song too, is like the relatability factor of it, Mm -hmm. because it is a song about heartbreak. Like she says, you know, it beats me black and blue, um, must be love on the brain, can't get enough. Like she's, it's essentially kind of like going back maybe to someone who's not really good for you or who's not treating you right, but you still have that connection to them. And like, that's human. That's who we are. Like there's always going to be people that we meet in our lives, whether that's a relationship or a friendship or whatever kind of ship it is. Like you're going to have those like yearning moments for somebody that is no good for you. And I think she captured that really beautifully in this song. So that's why I love it. Absolutely. Me too. And the vulnerability of it, you got me, um, like, like the, uh, 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 I'm tired of being the way she sings it. Yeah. Yeah, It's It's so hard to imitate, but it's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, I'm tired of being played like a violin, like such a vulnerability, like uh, to the song, to her as a person, to her clearly exactly like going for someone who she knows is no good for her um but still going through with it because she's got love on the brain and love love making silly things right Rihanna so it's gorgeous um it's just so retro sounding like you said I'm at a loss of words I always play this one (laughs) I think it might be my favorite like Rihanna song ever it really I think it might be like if I can Mm -hmm. only pick one Rihanna song to listen to for like the rest of my life, I think it might be love on the brain. That's huge. That's amazing. And I think it's just because it was such like a, I love a good Rihanna ballad. Yes. Yes, exactly. And this is very, this is very ballady, but also like doo-woppy and kind of fun. Like, I don't know. It's just so good. Exactly. And don't you feel like there's quite a few ballads on this album? There are, yes. And you listen to them like really sort of in close proximity to one another. Yes. And you're like, you have Rihanna edgy, like the sound is really, really edgy. And then you kind of get into the ballads towards the mid to later part of the album. And it's incredible. She is just extremely talented. And she has a co-writing credit for pretty much all the songs except for one. Yeah. So... uh, good for her like she's such a great songwriter as well like so many quotable lines right 
It is a great, it's a huge, huge tune. I wish there was a video for it. It was released as a single, but there was never a video. And I, that always kind of bummed me out. I just, we need to see more Rihanna videos. We do. I just want more Rihanna in my life. Exactly. (laughs) Huge Um, song. Well, I guess if we're still sort of on the ballady piano. Yes. Close to you. Yes. Like I just always lump sort of like these three together. I don't know why, like even in my notes, I'm just like, I don't know. They really, it's just so gorgeous. It's like the piano in it. It ends with the guitar. It's like strumming. It is such a a gorgeous, gorgeous ballad. And she really cranks them out while we're on that topic. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. I think like, I remember when Rihanna, this was like back in the, I want to say it was like the SOS era Mm -hmm. of Rihanna. Yeah. And she had a song called Unfaithful. Which I think, yes. do you remember Unfaithful? I do, yeah. And I love, or like even Take a Bow. Like two <gasps> yeah. big songs, a little bit more ballady, a little bit like still had the attitude, but a little bit more like sad and kind of sappy. And I feel like this song is like the grown-up version of, of those kinds of tracks. Absolutely. Because um, clearly in this song, like it's it's very pure and and sad because she's, mov- she's holding on to somebody who has moved on. So mm-hmm. she says in the lyrics, I love in your direction, hoping that the message goes somewhere close to you. So it's like, even if you're not here to receive it, I'm hoping it just lands in your vicinity even. <laughs> and like, that's such like a heartbreaking sentiment to me, just knowing that you might be putting something out into the universe with no expectation that this person is going to feel the same way. And I'm just like, oh, who hurt you, Rihanna? I hope it I... wasn't Drake. <laughs> like... oh, I think she's the one hurting Drake. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That man That's gets a good point. <laughs> like on the weekly, I think by Rihanna. As do I. I vicariously feel it for him. I He's know. Wanting to be with the true love of his life, but what can you do? She's not. What can into you do? It. She's with ASAP. We're happy for them. They're clearly we doing are. good things. But like, man, I was really rooting hard for it. I was really rooting hard for that. I loved that relationship. I don't know I why. Know. I was emotionally invested in his like declaration of love speech to her at the like video vanguard award that he presented to her and she's like mm, she was no. like the most <laughs> like blase person i've ever seen blase is right she was so cool about it and i'm like he's like really like you know pouring his heart and soul out to you like talking about what an icon you are like the highest of praises and she's like mm. i think she literally embarrassing me. she's literally yeah. like oh. <laughs> It's like, you're embarrassing me right now. (laughs) She's so cool, man. She's so cool. And she can really sing. And I feel like that's what, that's what I sometimes think people don't realize about Rihanna too, until they listen to a Rihanna record like this one is her range of vocals. So from something like higher to love on the brain to now close to you, like the girl's got pipes. Like she can sing. She's got pipes. Absolutely. Close to you is like an Adele level ballad for me. I know. I, I can't even like how hard it must be to sing that, but like she pulls yeah. it off with such ease and like, her voice is absolutely gorgeous and gorgeous. Oh my God. There's nothing she can't do in my mind. I know. I know. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So I'm going to switch things up a little bit, Andrita. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. There is a song on this album that I do have to say is not a song that I love. Oh my God. Can I guess? Of course you can. Because I've got two that I don't really like and I tend to skip on this album. Can we see if we're on the same page? Please. I feel like the one you skip and you don't really like is Pose. I don't no? really like Pose. No, no, I, you're very okay. right. I don't okay. love Pose, but it's a big song that I skip. Oh, Consideration with SZA? No, I love that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. What else could it be? Um, it was a single. It was a, you don't like work? I don't like work. <laughs> 
know it's such a shock. big hit. The shock that I know the gaggery. I just here's the thing. Okay, so I will always love and you know cher and cher- cherish. I will always <laughs> cherish this record. I will. It's just with this song, I find it it's too repetitive for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my issue. Whereas like I can deal with the the verses and I can deal with the Drake verse, but then mm-hmm. when it goes into the chorus and it, there's an element of patois in there, which is beautiful. And I love it. And I love how Rihanna, who is from Barbados is incorporating that part of her culture, bringing it to the forefront. It's amazing, but it's, it's so repetitive and it's the same thing over and over where it's like, I don't know. I just, I guess I get kind of like annoyed with it after a while. That's fair. Just the normal cadence of it. I wish there was a little bit more like peak and valley in, in the chorus. It's just, it's not going to be one of my favorite. And, and I'm sure there's some beautiful lyrics in there, but I couldn't tell you what they are because I usually skip it. Although I did have to, <laughs> I did listen to it and I listened to Drake's verse specifically because we actually just did an episode on Drake very recently. And obviously like the Drake Rihanna relationship is still very much, it's very much on the brain, love on the brain. Um, <laughs> and there was a line that stuck out to me where he said, if you had a twin, I would still choose you. And I was like, well, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Drake, I was reading somewhere that someone's like, the Drake verse is just so like, does not fit in well with the rest of the song. And they said, it's like, imagine you're just showing up to the beach in like jeans and like, you're just dressed really poorly. Like this is like the equivalent of like, it kind of is right. Like he just sounds a little too, I don't know, not in with, in line with the song. So no, not at all. And I'm like, not going to lie. Doesn't it feel also restricted to a moment in time? Like we had yes. the work moment and I, Same. And then everyone moved on. We moved on, like yeah. in the car as well. Like listen to a bit for a bit, and I'm like, mm, skip. <laughs> well, I'm with you on that. And I feel like if you had to rank, at least like for me, maybe you and the listeners will disagree, but I'm like, there have been so many great collaborations between Drake and Rihanna. Yes. And I would put like too good, take care, and like what's my name, like way up at the top, and work would be down at the bottom. Bottom. I'm with you. It's not on a that. jam. It's not a jam. When you have too good, like that song is like. Oh my God, the best. The best. The best. Um, yeah, work does not really compare. But we do have to acknowledge, like we talked about the Toronto connection to the song. Yes. A very famous music video. Um, yes. Like you said, it was directed by um, Director X. But yeah, so it's like iconic. I remember when it was being shot and made its way on Twitter and on the news that they were shooting a music video in Toronto. So I, I do have to thank Rihanna for always putting us on the map somehow yes Yes. (laughs) for putting Toronto yeah on a I feel like for a while we were a pretty uncool city but we need things like that to to put us on the map again oh yeah as soon as Drake was like I'm building a house in the bridal path people were like oh I'll move to Toronto (laughs) oh I'll do it now (laughs) I'll do it now I'll go see the Raptor game (laughs) the impact has been insane but it's it's still like you can't deny that it's a fun song like again if I was like if I was like four drinks deep I'd be like, wag, 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 wag. Like I would be hundred percent jamming out, but you know, <laughs> one drink down, maybe two. I may have had one before we started, but like two drinks in, I'm a little bit like, no, I'd rather belt out higher with yeah, a glass of whiskey true. and just then, pretend. Then work. I have such a funny story about work. Um, oh my God, please tell in me. university when it came out, it was like my house's jam. And we played it one night at like 3.30 in the morning with no consideration in the world for <laughs> Our one roommate who was our oh. neighbors who were sleeping. No, for us, it you was had a roommate sleeping in the house. And you, oh, yeah. And the, and the next morning, we were made fun of. We're like, he was imitating us. He's like, work, 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 work. Because <laughs> I, I feel really, really bad about that to this day. Like, when we I ruined someone's a good night's sleep with that song because I was just so into it at the time. It's going to be and your I, legacy, Andrita. 
going to be my legacy. <laughs> it's that house's legacy. It's the house's legacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if oh my, my housemates gosh. hear this, they'll know exactly what incident I'm talking about. But don't you love moments like that too? When you I can do. trace those instances back to a song or an artist, Absolutely. it's like, man, that's power of music right there. <laughs> yeah. Power of music, great lasting memories. Yeah. If it's three in the morning and all you got to do is bust out three on and the drink, you know it's a good jam. <laughs> it's you a know good it's jam. jam. Yes. You also know you're ending off the night on a high note. <laughs> yes. Very true. If you still have the energy at 3 30 in the morning, girl, you earned it. Earned it. Earned is it. right. <laughs> um, is there another one you'd want to talk about, Andrita? Okay. Well, I feel like we. I'd be remiss. If I didn't remiss, remiss, oh, big word. (laughs) Okay, so I guess I did not listen to the deluxe version of Auntie for a while because I didn't have Goodnight Gotham on it. (laughs) When she told me to listen to it because she samples Lawrence and the Machines so good for a night. Ooh, it is amazing. Like, amazing what she did with that sample. I can't stop listening to it. Rihanna's not even in it. I know. <laughs> like at all. I know. But I'm still like Rihanna, queen, like queen, queen of for asking Florence to use it and getting the permission and, you know, just sampling it the way she did. You're yes. so right. That is so, it's so good. It's so good. I'm so happy you brought up Goodnight Gotham. I feel like a lot of people dismiss Goodnight Gotham because it's like an interlude. It's like very yeah. short. It's a bonus track. So if you don't listen to the deluxe album, you don't hear it. But like, Man, what I love about the placement of Good Like Gotham is that it's the first bonus track. Mm-hmm. So like technically the album ends with the ballad close to you. So it's like Rihanna has her moment of weakness, very vulnerable, very soft, very sappy. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, just in case you were wondering, I'm still that bitch. <laughs> now we're going to go into this Good Night Gotham, which like, again, the allusion to Gotham City, like Batman, Catwoman, whatever it is you want to, the, the visual of it, I feel like is very strong. And it just, to me, exudes like, powerful woman between her and Florence very diametrically opposed artists I feel like very different but at the same time at their core are still very strong women who write very clear and loud about the things that hurt them and the things that affect them and the things that shape them so uh as much as they are different they are the same same exactly and you couldn't have said that better the way that they feel oh my god we saw Florence Florence. yeah in concert the way like she is like into her music the way she makes you experience it and feel it is honestly incredible and I think that's what these two incredible female artists have in common is that ability to make you feel their music and I remember at Florence and Machine's concert this woman beside me was full out bawling like her music clearly had like a profound profound effect on her like she went through something in her life to it and I'm like wow power of music like brought this woman to full out tears at the like Florence and the Machine she was in Toronto uh two three years ago yeah that was at Budweiser stage yeah yes take me back to concerts I know oh (laughs) Oh, I can't even every time I walk by Budweiser stage I just want to like stand there outside and be like please please open the gates please let me in please be on the lawn (laughs) it's not soon enough soon enough it's coming 2022 fingers crossed great song though I love that one Andrea I'm glad you brought it up there is one more that I that I also want to touch on which I feel like also kind of plays into this like independent badass bitch era of goodnight gotham and that's needed me (gasps) oh so good that one 
I always love playing needed me. Oh my it just goodness. makes you, does it not make you feel so like you can do anything? anything. Like I don't need this man. He needed me. Me. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like I'm going to be fine. Like, you are the one needing me. me. And the video, like the video is aggressive and violent, but like at the same time, the fact that a woman being queen Riri is at the center of it all being kind of like the puppet master of this, like, it's like a big kind of like gangster movie. It's like a little mini movie, this, this music video. But, um, the fact that she is like at the helm of this entire video, especially with like the history of rap and R&B music where women have been so sexualized and just like, it's always like the men and it's Mm -hmm. like the glory of these videos. And like, she has her moment in this video where like, she is like, she is the queen. And she is running everything and everybody. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. And uh, there was an interview she did with the New York Times where she said when she was writing this song, she said that guys need attention. They need nourishment, that little stroke of ego that gets them by every now and then. I'll give it to my family. I'll give it to my work, but I will not give it to a man right now. (laughs) Because it was at this point in her life where she's like, I'm busy. I don't need to like, yes, I'm single, but that's fine. I got things to do. Do. And I was like, good for you. Good for you, Rihanna. I love that attitude like that right? she has. And honestly, it, it is like that, like literally don't give a care about like, like any man in the world. No. And she's minding her own business and like doing great at it. Um, yeah. I think we also like her confidence and yeah. just like how self-assured she is and how well she knows herself. And I think knows her value. Like we know it. She knows it. It's inspiring. It is. It's just something you really see in a lot of women. I think that's what makes her just so, I don't know, like likable. Yeah. Sought after. We all kind of need to embrace and channel that vibe. Absolutely. I totally 100% agree. She is a queen through and through. And I will. Yes, I will 100% stand by that statement. Andrita, are there any more you want to talk about? I think we need to talk about consideration um, featuring SZA. The one and only SZA. The one and only who I am obsessed with. So talented. So like her album Control, like for a while, just I listened to that on repeat, never ending. Like it was so, so good. And I think that's the first time, oddly enough, that I was kind of acquainted with SZA. Yeah. Um, and Consideration starts off the album and I think yes. is a really, really strong song to do so. And I, I think sets the mood. I got to do things my own way, darling. Yeah. Like it's just, that's the way that is your like introduction to Auntie. You know, yeah. she's going to do things her own way. And rightfully so, she does it very, very well. So I think what's really, and, and you knew about this too, but SZA wanted to release the song as part of Control. Yeah, it was like her song, essentially. Her song. Yeah, it was featuring Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna. It was written in a like writing camp with like Pharrell and Rihanna. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, they really liked it. Rihanna wanted to include it on her album. And SZA was saying that like it really delayed the release of Control because she had, this was her main single. She had yeah. got like the music video had to do with you know consideration um she had planned I, th- I think everything around this one song it sounded like it was and gonna be like the the big song like the yeah yeah and so Rihanna being like mm, I'm just gonna go on my album I think it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. maybe change things up but in hindsight don't you feel like the song would kind of be the odd one out on control like on SZA's album like that album has such a great flow and I feel like if we had consideration on it maybe it was for the best Maybe Rihanna knew what she was doing. <laughs> totally. And I do have to, uh, to, to be totally fair, I haven't given 
uh, control, like a full listen through. So I don't know if I can speak to the the mm-hmm. flow so much, but right. I think it also speaks to just, you know, SZA as an artist, the fact that she was able to kind of reshape then the record, even yeah. after like what she thought was kind of like the crown jewel of the record was then gone. Yeah. Um, I think that that speaks to her ability to be like, okay, well, how do I make this work without mm-hmm. this song? And clearly it did not affect the overall impact of the album. Mm-hmm. And like, I also can't really imagine anti without consideration I know absolutely like it seems like such an integral part of this album like you said it kicks off the album it literally sets the mood for what you're about to hear like literally Rihanna just being like like you said about to do things my own way will you will you ever respect me no no (laughs) like she's just basically telling everyone who's ever had an opinion about her like screw you guys I don't need you and this is what I'm gonna do now and that's why I think like the name anti is also great because Mm -hmm. it was her being like this is who I am now. This is the music I want to make. And I'm not going to listen to anybody else and what they have to say about it because I feel good in this moment. And this is what I'm going to put out into the world. And I think that that's hard to do, especially for an artist who grew up in that mold, that pop star mold. And she, she bust free. She broke free from those chains. She She really, really did. Really did. Yeah. And it's a great song. It's catchy. It's got again, that like dance hall, Jamaican dance hall element to it. Um, and when you put those two powerhouses together in one song, I mean, come on over it's over it's over (laughs) it's over for the rest of you it's over for the rest of you come on please and judah we've reached a critical point in the podcast and that is where we need to give our listeners our final thoughts on the record anti by rihanna and we need to rate it out of five whiskey sours these delicious whiskey sours that we're drinking tonight so going to pass it to you first what are your final thoughts on the record my final thoughts on the record are um this is a piece of work where, like you so aptly said, Rihanna is breaking free of anything and everything that maybe restricted her or held her back. Like you really just feel like she is so true to herself with this album. The Rihanna that we all know and love, um, this businesswoman, this mogul, um, this woman who knows how to enjoy life and is always like, literally on, on a super yacht yes. with, or like carrying wine out of yes. restaurants. That's her thing. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Walking over the grates in her heels. The, the exactly. New York City grates. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Incredible. She is like blossom transformed, come into her own woman. And I think this yeah. album is a perfect representation of it. Um, she has a mind of her own. She doesn't care if she hurts your feelings or, you know, she's just so true to herself just truly this independent, empowered woman. I, I think like something everybody, like I think sort of looks up to and inspires. And her music is so reflective of it. It's like a power anthem. It's empowering. Um, I remember listening to this like over one summer and just, I don't know, you feel so cool and like you can do anything when you listen to it. That's like the feeling it gives me. So mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like this album. Um, I don't revisit it as much as I'd like to sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad we did for this podcast. Um, but it's something that like here and there, like maybe I, I don't listen to as much, but it's so great. And I'm always revisited. Uh, when I do revisit it, I'm always reminded that it is such a great album. Yeah. It gets me really hyped up for R9. <laughs> the yeah. ninth album when it That's comes the name out. for it. You're done. She's already yeah, got a name. Done. R9. Exactly. R9. It is really great. I would give it, I think, four out of five whiskey Love sours. It. And the reason why is there's just like a few tracks that I'm not so keen on when they come on. So I've probably deducted a whiskey sour for that. Um, I think you already, you heard me. Pose. Like, pose. 
not really into it, I'll always skip it. And even Desperado, like I really have to be in the mood to listen to it. Yeah, that's more of a neutral one for me too. It's kind yeah, of just it's like, like meh, meh, take it or leave meh. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but still a great album, still something I enjoy immensely and another record to add to her arsenal (laughs) seriously I love that um I mean like I think you've already said it this record is a true representation of I think the artist that Rihanna was always meant to be and she like Mm -hmm. did it like she kind of came into her own and she did it unapologetically that's a pun a Rihanna pun her (laughs) album unapologetic folks thank you I'll be here all week um and I think too if I think back on some of the iconic Uh, records that have been released by particularly black women in music. So, you know, what comes to mind for me is Lemonade by Beyonce, which we've already talked about, something like Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I believe Auntie deserves to be among those ranks. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's it's that much of a a success and it's that much of like a feeling that I get when I listen to the record, similar to the way I feel when I listen to Lauryn Hill's record or Beyonce's record. So it's a masterpiece. And it gives also like me hope that like, your best days are not behind you. Like, yes. I hate to take it th- down this route, but you know, like when Rihanna was Rihanna, <laughs> Rihanna, when Rihanna. Rihanna was younger, she obviously had a very specific body type. She had a lot of pressure to be thin and to stay thin and to wear certain outfits that made her body look a certain way. And I feel like now the body confidence that she exudes, particularly with her lingerie line and, you know, the diversity of all body types and also skin color and um, gender diversity, you know, like she had drag queens in her Savage Fenty show that streamed on Amazon, like you mentioned. So she's also been very inclusive and that's been inspiring to me too, because I think as an industry, we are moving away from that perfect image that you have to be, to be considered beautiful. There's also that part of it, but aside from all of the external factors as to why I love Rihanna and the businesswoman, the true businesswoman that she is for (laughs) me, this was a very, uh, a a big record for her. I think it was, um, a masterpiece in its own right. And, uh, yes, I agree with you. It's not one that I go back to all the time, but when a song or two pops up, when I'm just like shuffling through my music or I'm making playlists, I'll always have like love on the brain makes its way onto most of my driving playlists higher <laughs> makes its way onto most of my driving playlists because you belt it out right <laughs> I just belt that out in my car when no one can hear me and I'm like driving on the highway and I'm like see ya <laughs> it's just so good and uh so for me I'm gonna say four and a half whiskey sour oh, okay out of five. very good deducting half a whiskey sour for work <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh not for God. me <laughs> it's That's just really fair. not for me <laughs> But two great ratings overall. Honestly, just a yeah. just a stellar record in my eyes. It is. Well done, Rihanna. And please release your ninth album. Yeah, We're waiting for it. <laughs> come on. We need something. We need something for 2020. She's going to clap back at us after hearing this. Like, yeah, you can will. wait. <laughs> I like that you live in a world where Rihanna listens to my podcast. That makes me feel good. <laughs> we can aspire. <laughs> we can aspire. Absolutely. Um, well, and Judah, I do have to say thank you again for coming back onto the podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. You're one of my oldest friends and I love you very much. So thank you for coming on and, uh, and chatting with us tonight. And I can't wait to have you back on another time. Thank you so much. I had the best time. I had so much fun and I can't wait to be back. And I think we should really, for the next one, switch up the genres. Like let's go something really far left field from Rihanna. Let's do it. I'm a 180. I love it. We're going to come out and it's going to be like nine inch nails. Nails. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. The audience is ready. (laughs) 